Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes. I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The LOLs, the moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. You would be shocked to know how many Americans are walking around depressed. How many do you think? A lot? Well, okay. Experts say that 19 million, at least. 19 million people. Today, an actress, a supermodel, and a country music star are coming forward to shine a powerful light on a condition that causes so many people so much shame. We're trying to bring it out of the closet today, pulling back the veil on depression. You just heard the numbers, so odds are you probably know somebody who is suffering from it right now, and you may not even know they are. Maybe it's you. First, meet the Soprano star who spent years in what she calls a vortex of pain. Lorraine Bracco shot to stardom with her Oscar-nominated role as a mob wife in Goodfellas. You don't have to eat every dish of rigatoni. Now, she's known to millions as Dr. Jennifer Melfi on the hit show The Sopranos. You're turning the blame for what she did back on yourself. But when she landed the biggest role of her career, instead of celebrating, Lorraine says she was barely hanging on. Everything was coming my way, but I was, I was going down. It was painfully empty. So I'd be like, you're a young, vibrant woman. Where are you? I realized that I'd been living in denial. Beginning in 1991, Lorraine says she endured a series of humiliating events that sent her into a 10-year tailspin. I had a terrible decade. Terrible, terrible times. Lorraine's relationship with movie star Harvey Keitel came to a bitter end after she admitted to an affair with actor Edward James Olmos. I wasn't fulfilled, I wasn't happy. And not being mature enough to own up to those feelings, I was trying to escape. 
Harvey was furious with me, um, really hated me. The split sparked a vicious custody battle over their daughter, Stella, and left Lorraine almost $3 million in debt. I had to declare bankruptcy. I was broke, financially and emotionally. I had no money. The bank was going to foreclose on the house. Um, I was worried about where I was going to get the next meal from. Talk about a failure. It really was the... Uh, part of the lowest I'd been in my life. I was so busy fighting and so busy trying to keep everything above water that I didn't realize I was spiraling downward with nowhere to go. So Lorraine is here today for all of you who know someone who's also spiraling downward. When did you realize that you were in real trouble, Lorraine? When my life was on an upswing. When Sopranos came out, I was starting to make some money. I was starting to be able to pay off those debts and got fulfilling work, mm -hmm. creative work, mm -hmm. something that meant something to me. Margot was going to NYU, graduating with honors. Stella was well. Talking about your daughters, yes. Talking yes. about my daughters. And I finally looked myself in the mirror, which I kind of do at night. I, I, I kind of focus in at night and say, okay, how'd today go? How'd the week go? And one day I just said, how come everything can be going so well and I'm not jumping for joy? Mm -hmm. That's not like me. Mm. And that's when you knew. Were you feeling sad? Sure. Because you were feeling sad. Absolutely. Even though you were still functioning in the world. Correct. And I think that it, it's that's like really walking key. it's that's like key. walking pneumonia. Interesting. Instead, it's walking depression, mm -hmm. or it's a fever that you have all day long, all, all the time. So what do you feel like then? For me, I was dead inside. Dead inside. That's right, but joyless. You're, but you're still going through the motions and you look like you're having a good time. Well, you try to put on the game face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Hollywood, my God, that's all they need to do is hire a depressed actress. Yeah. <laughs> It yeah. doesn't work. So when you I, first got the job, you were, you were already depressed. Because were you almost bankrupt or were bankrupt at the time you got the job? Yes. And the thought of I was the failure of failures. You know, in life, we have choices. Yeah. I say that all the time. That's what the show's about. And that's what it's about. That. So were you regretting the choices that you had made? Were you feeling badly about the choices? Because you, you're saying your marriage had broken up? Because... I don't want to say I regretted because Eddie was a lovely man. And in all retrospect, Harvey is a good man. But you made a choice to have an affair. That's correct. Yeah. And it was an immature choice, mm -hmm. what I think. It was a, a, I was on that, that river in Egypt called denial. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that one. That's so many, so many people know. Yeah. That's right. And I wasn't mature enough or smart enough or willing to accept that I was unhappy in that relationship. So when were you diagnosed? <laughs> the minute I walked into the uh, shrink's office, <laughs> I, I just poured out everything that had been going on and that, you know, I'd been through this very long, drawn-out custody battle, that Stella had been eventually diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, that I, I had no work coming in yeah. and didn't know where to go, didn't know where to turn to. But really what you were saying earlier is that the choices, choice after choice after choice, right. yeah, helped put you in the state of mind 
that would cause you to be depressed. Yes, but you don't necessarily have to have a custody battle and a foreclosure and a child sick. I think everyone is very, very different, yeah, and right. depression is very insidious and yeah. sneaks up on you. There are simple things in people's lives that can bring you down. Okay. It doesn't have to be those monumental things. That's correct. I was going through the motions of being a mother and taking care of children. They had clean clothes and a warm meal and they had a roof over their head. But I was missing my soul, my, my vibrant being was nowhere to be found. It's very hard to scream out, I'm, I'm, I'm dying inside. You always want to maintain that outside, and meanwhile, I was crumbling, crumbling inside. Well, if anything that Lorraine just describes any of you who are watching, you may too be suffering from depression. Lorraine, known to millions as Ma Buzz's Tony Soprano's therapist. How ironic that you're playing the therapist. Yeah, the Sopranos. Lorraine Bracco is sharing her struggle with depression. Studies show that one in four women, one out of four, will be diagnosed with depression in their lifetime. That's a lot of us. So Lorraine is here with the hope that she can help remove the shame by talking about it openly. How deep did it go for you? How bad did it get? You know, I, I think we all at one point of our lives think about suicide. I definitely, it came to my, my mind. It was nothing, some, it wasn't The truth anything. is we all don't. Really? No, no. At certain times, you know, the thought goes through me, but I would never have acted out on that because I always had the two girls mm -hmm. and that was my, my lifeline. I read this somewhere, and I, it says, you only have one chance to be a mother. Why do it depressed? Yeah. But you were. And, you know, as you were saying that on the tape, I was thinking about so many millions of people who are watching us around the world, where you say, I was going through the motions. Yes. But you really were not present. A few days ago, Lorraine's youngest daughter, Stella, talked openly for the first time about how this depression, her mother's depression, affected her as she was growing up, and this is why you need to get help. Watching the person who's supposed to be taking care of you in pain is the hardest part. It was hard for me because I felt responsible. She fought to make me happy, for me to have the life that I wanted, and I think it took a lot out of her. It took a toll, and I know that it was all for me. I just wanted to be able to make it all okay. And I couldn't. It's painful. It's hard to watch someone you love deteriorate. And it's even harder to watch as a child when there's really nothing you can do. She might as well have been lying in a hospital bed with IVs. It's the same thing. She was dying. She was already dead. For me, it felt like like she was never gonna come back. I didn't, it felt like she was, like we lost her. Stella, thank you for being so candid. Uh, how bad did it get? Oh, <laughs> you know,
know, it, it felt like, like she wasn't coming back, you know, and I think that that kind of it says, sums it up, you know, feeling like she might as well have been in the hospital, like she wasn't going to return. So when I asked how, how deep did it get for you, Lorraine, did, was there a point where you became non-functional? I know it's got to be hard to hear your own child speak of... Yeah, yeah. it is hard. Mm -hmm. But I feel that I wasn't willing to recognize it earlier. I was very against any kind of medication because I felt, oh my God, I'm an actress, I need my emotions, and if I take an antidepressant, I'll never feel again, and I'm gonna be hooked on them forever. Mm -hmm. and, and I was very, very, very wrong about the whole medication thing. And I think that's very important. I, I feel that it's really what, what, what saved me. I don't think, if I had not gone to the psychiatrist and not gone on the medication, I, I, I don't know where, how far longer I would have just stayed in that state. Yeah. I kept saying, oh, I'll be okay, I'm gonna be strong, and, and then realized, this is ridiculous, this has been going on forever. Yeah. So, Margo, what did you see in your mother? More recently, I've seen someone who's made the choice to be an active member of her life. Mm -hmm. An active member of her life. Yeah. And that's something she wasn't before. Okay. And that's a wonderful thing. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Well, this is Dr. Gail Saltz, Associate Professor of Psychiatry at Cornell. Dr. Saltz says millions of highly functioning women, this is why we wanted to talk to you today about this, highly functioning are living right now with serious depression. So the question is, how can somebody be depressed and still function like Lorraine? Well, women who have a lot of strengths, people who have a lot of strengths, can mask what's going on. As you, you pointed out, denial, try to, because frankly, they're ashamed yep. and they don't understand. In fact, more than half of this country still believes that depression is due to personal weakness as opposed to understanding that it's an illness. Yeah. And so for that reason, they mask it and they're able to put on a front and still function to the outside world, but in their private lives, it's all falling apart. Relationships fall apart. What's happening at home falls apart. Children can feel emotionally abandoned because you've emotionally checked out. And you're suffering tremendously inside. Your quality of, of life is really gone, but you can put on a face for a certain period of time while you're mild to moderately depressed. When you are severely depressed, you cannot. Right. You really okay. stop functioning. So let me ask you this. Can an event in your life trigger the depression? Yes, it because can. Because I am as confused as a lot of other people yes. who are watching. 
Is it, are we talking about you're sad, kind of no. depressed because you no. lost someone? You know what? Someone, There's a big difference. Something bad happened or? Yes. Sadness is a normal human emotion that everybody feels and everybody should feel. It's healthy. It's part of the intricate fabric of emotions that we feel. Depression is substantially different. You feel hopeless, helpless, worthless. Lonely. Women feel worthless. Yeah. Women particularly feel tremendous, overwhelming guilt. You don't take pleasure in anything. It is guilt like about a, what? Guilt about everything and anything and things that are irrational. I'm a bad person. And some people, you know, really walk around for long periods of time feeling like the end of the earth mm -hmm. and not saying so. The truth is, as, as your daughter Margot just said, now you are an active participant in your life. When I finally made that step into the psychiatrist's office and he said to me, well, Lorraine, you're clinically depressed. And I said, okay, I know what's going on. I am going to fight like hell to figure out my life. And that's what I did. I started on the medication. I started to feel unbelievably better. It was like it, I had all like my emotions. Like a veil lifted, right? Like the veil yes, lifted, like we're like saying. it was like just a cloud just kind of lifted off of me. And I became diligent about getting better. I read everything. I remember, Oprah, a show that you did with, and I hope I say his name right, Gary Zukov. Thank you. It's a seat of the soul. Yes. And he said something in there that just stayed with me. And it was like, it's OK to be in this state. Take this time. Go into yourself and find out who you are. What kind of woman do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? Learn about yourself. Learn about others. And I thought that was very, very powerful. And I said, OK, I'm going to do that. And I lived at Barnes & Noble at the self-help department. And I sat there That's for a excellent. long time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being willing to bring this out in the open. Lorraine's book, Chronicling Her Struggle with Depression, is called On the Couch, for any of you who are going through this yourselves. This is Angela. Three years ago, this beautiful, vivacious woman seemed to be living the life of her dreams. She was married to a country music star, lived in a gorgeous mansion filled with children she adored. No one predicted what would happen next. I met Angela on a plane. She was a flight attendant. She was a really sweet, beautiful, beautiful girl. Called her every day. Couldn't get enough of her. Felt like I was on top of the world. Country music star Gary Allen had a number one hit single and platinum selling album when he says he found his soulmate. I was so in love with her. It's a magic time in my life. After just over a year, Gary and Angela got married and moved into their Nashville dream house. We used to spend every second together and she was always very bubbly and happy. Angela was the kind of person that was always there for everybody. We were a blended family. She had three kids, and I had three kids. Having all the kids in the same house, it was, uh, it was madness. It was uh, so fun. But she was so mom-like. It was picture perfect. I love you. But soon, Gary noticed a change in Angela. She would spend a lot of time in her room. She was getting hit with allergies and migraines. She would start out with a headache and load herself down with pain medication and then get depressed. Our conversations. Um, would, had less logic to him. There was just obvious things that she couldn't remember. I found her crying, and I remember sitting in the closet with her for like a good two hours. Angela was really polarized. She was full of life and uh, bubbly, smiley. 
um, hugs, kisses, but the opposite was she would just, more down than anybody I've known. She was very hard on herself. So on October 25th, 2004, Gary would tragically discover just how depressed Angela had become. When I got home, she was sick. Um, she was already in bed. Um, and she had thrown up a couple of times. She was really, really sad. And her tone was hopeless. I remember I was watching TV and uh, she'd gotten up around midnight. She was annoyed with me. She hit me a little irrational. And uh, yeah, that's what made me think I need to go just make sure she's okay. So I went and laid down next to her. She tried to get me out of the room. She asked me if I would go get her coat because her because her throat was dry. And uh, and when I walked out to get her get her a coke, I heard a pop. I remember going in there and seeing her. I just absolutely fell apart. This is Gary Allen's first television interview since the night he found his wife in their bedroom, and the pop was. The pop it it didn't sound like a gunshot because. The, the police officer said that she had stuck the gun in her mouth, so it, it sounded like she threw the cell phone or something like that. So I heard a pop, and I, I remember walking in and asking what was wrong, and she had, she had come off the bed and opened up a safe underneath and uh, pulled out a pistol and got back in bed and put it in her mouth and pulled the trigger. We are sorry to hear that. Sorry. So you knew that she was getting progressively worse. You could see that, you could see the spiral, right? Yeah, I think I saw it more in hindsight, but when she would, she would go through just periods of, of being so down and so hopeless. And it was... Uh, what did you think it was? I, you know, I think I'm always, I'm a, I'm a very up person. So when I heard somebody say earlier that, that you just don't understand it. Yeah. So to me, it, it was, it was something we were going to get through. It was very illogical when she would stay down for so long. I never really understood it. I would but did you think it was depression? What did you think no, it was? No, especially that day. Especially that day because she had a bunch of pain medication in her, in her body. Mm -hmm. So I think that day she was sick, and I physically thought, I thought she was physically sick. When I was there, she, was, she said she didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. and, but when you I saw her start to go into herself and spend more time in the room, and what would she say? What would, what would be the excuses she would give, Gary? Well, it, also, it always started with the migraine. I believe the migraines were, yeah. the, were the trigger. Well, that, that was the, where her depression started, and that was the part that everybody missed the most. Mm -hmm. um, so we never really got to treat the depression. It was always about a migraine. Mm -hmm. um, so I think she would start there and then just get really down because she was hurt and almost just tired when you talked to her. It was almost she was physically just... Weary. Yeah, and she felt like nothing was going well and everything was going great. There was a, there was a lot of logic, I guess, in her thinking. She always thought things were going bad, and it would be, she would call friends, and, and my friends would have to kind of calm her down and say, no, Gary loves you, you know, yeah. he's, you have no issues there. Mm -hmm. well, I threw our rings into a box filled with broken memories and fool's gold. There's so much I miss about Angela. I woke up again last night in this lonely bed without you husband was privileged. Her whole world revolved around taking care of her family, taking care of me. A hundred times before, making sure I've got them all. I like being reminded of her. This painting, we, uh, we bought this together in Haiti for 80 cents. This is our backyard, and Angela's way into flowers. I think just about everything back here reminds me of her. 
I keep a few photos of Ange up in the house um, just to remind me, um, just like the flowers. But it didn't break me down the second that I found it like you used to. She made everyday magic, somehow. I was just holding her. And with red I was holding her tight. I love her. And I forgive her. And I wish she wouldn't have done it. Cause I need to move on Cause I know that you're gone forever Two years ago, country music star Gary Allen was having an ordinary night at home and he tucked the children in bed, he went to the kitchen to get his wife Angela's soda in an instant, life as he knew it was over when he heard a pop. Angela killed herself in their bedroom. Was she ever diagnosed for depression? No. No. There was lots of people that told her she needed to go see somebody, but I, I think that was, that was really hard for her to, to think that something might be wrong. I know if we were arguing and I said, that's crazy, mm -hmm. that was something that really cut. And I, I always had to kind of backpedal from that and say, I don't literally mean you're crazy. So I think just the thought that something might be wrong was really, really tough to yeah. take. Well, that's why I wanted to talk about it today, to try to bring it out from under the veil, because people think that it means that you're crazy. That you're crazy. Right, and it's not. And it's, it's not. Definitely treatable. Yeah. And how are the children? They're good. That was, uh, that was brutal, the, the morning of. They're all doing really good. It's six of them, right? It's six of them. She had three and I had three. And they've all done really well. We all went to a lot of counseling together. And they're, they're all doing well. They've, they've, uh, they, everybody had some issues in school. I mean, obviously, everybody had their, their problems. But I think overall, everybody's, uh, everybody's really holding up. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I went through a couple of years that were, were brutal, or I guess a year. And I didn't want to go on a medication or anything either because I had felt, I felt like that was part of the issues that I was just dealing with. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to. You wanted to feel it. You wanted to feel it. And, and I think Dr. Gail Saltz was saying for a situation like that, you're supposed to feel, you're supposed to feel sorrow and pain. Grief, grief, and grief. is normal. Yeah. And grief yeah. is different right. than major depression. It is different. Gotta, I have okay. a lady that, that was, a, uh, she's a, she works for Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. She's a brain neurologist and she had said 90% of what you feel is a direct chemical reaction from your brain. And you're gonna be really down and really down for a year. So why not let me knock the bottom out of this for you? And uh, she had walked through some different prescriptions with me and one seemed to fit me really well. And it worked great. I went on for a, about a year. Mm -hmm. and I've been off for about a year. Mm -hmm. um, but big headache going on it. Like it took a physical toll on me, but once my body got adjusted mm -hmm. to it, I was able to come off it without anything. And uh, I feel like myself again. I'm up. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince. Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring... 
the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Gary says that his relationship with, with Angela's family, however, is strained. What do you want to say about that, if anything? Uh, you know what? It's normal. I, I think I was fortunate enough to where I read a lot of books before they had come out to my house, even for the funeral and things mm-hmm. like that. And they, they want somebody to blame. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, 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 nor, it's normal. So I think I expected it, and I, I just give them kindness back, and, and uh, I wish nothing but good for them. And, and it, it, was, it was awful. It's awful for all of us to deal with. Yeah. I, think I talk to the kids once in a while and straighten out, more for accuracy. Yeah. You know, because things get bent and changed, and uh, it, it was such a, a telling them in the morning was the hardest thing I've ever done. But, but we have a close connection because of how we handled it. I don't know if I said this, but the, when that morning when all the kids were in the house, or most, I think, I think four of them were in the house, but nobody woke up, nobody saw anything, so I had to sit everybody down the next morning and tell them that their mom had killed themselves. During the night while this was all going on, I was able to get two crisis counselors there. I was able to get a preacher there, all my friends, and I can remember waking up the kids and sitting them down and saying, your mom killed herself last night and uh, fielded a few questions. We all sat down and we prayed together right there just as a family and just really got, got brought in tight. Plenty of counseling after and I, I, think, I think that we handled it as good as we could have handled yeah. it. Yeah, because there's no easy way through that. There's no easy way through that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you That's for great. being here. She is the world's first plus size model, the world's first. Supermodel as a Revlon cover girl, TV host, clothing designer, best-selling author. Emmy seemed to have it all until her husband's dark secret nearly destroyed their family. According to a recent Newsweek cover, this dark secret is affecting millions of men who are suffering in the shadows right now. Philip was a great guy. Sweet, kind, and caring, and thoughtful, and fun. And I fell in love with him. Life was... Amazing. Had a beautiful baby daughter, brand new, experiencing life. An awesome wife. Right after Toby was born, strange things started to happen. And Phil was retreating, not vivacious and bubbly, and outbursts of anger. Emmy's husband, Phil, spiraled into a severe depression after developing a debilitating pain he says tortured him. It was a tingling, and in my whole lower region, and the burn got more intense and more intense and more intense to the point where the pain was so excruciating. For eight months, Phil's condition went undiagnosed. As his misery worsened, he says he began to lose hope. During that time, I did not know the man that I was married to. I'd stay in bed for days. I wouldn't shower for days. I wouldn't comb my hair, I wouldn't shave. I hated myself. He had to be watched. There had to be someone with him. Emmy stopped her work two and a half years. She stepped out of her life and into my life. And it affected everything. She was the housekeeper, the breadwinner, the mother, and the father during my illness. Phil says antidepressants had little effect, and he sank deeper into despair. I spoke it to Emmy every 15 minutes. I'm going to kill myself. 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 Finally, Phil says he could take it no longer. He went into his sleeping daughter's room to say goodbye. I leaned over to kiss her, and I couldn't believe what I was going to do. 
I went into my bathroom and I had been on many different antidepressants and I started to swallow them. Amy found him the next morning. He's not moving. He's not moving at all. And I look to my side and I see the, a, a note. And I'm like, oh my God. I put her down, rip off the covers, and I'm pushing him, going, wake up, wake up. I called 911. I was, I was very angry at Phil for trying to leave us. So Emmy and her husband, Phil Arrington, are here. As Phil was telling you, he was going to kill himself. He, you, you said it every day, a lot of times. Towards the attempt, yeah. yeah. Every 15 minutes, like a, like a broken record. Yeah. Did you think he was? Well, at first, Didn't it you... scared the living daylights out of me because it, this was new with the depression. He was retreating, he was in his bedroom, he was clearly not being Phil, and the... All the things we've heard. All of that. And then he started talking about how he was going to kill himself. And then he would get into descriptive details as to what exactly he was going to do in the back of the house, in his car. But at that time, the car and the bike and everything had to be taken away. And so you were feeling what? I was a woman on the brink of her own disaster, of her own emotional breakdown, because I was screaming out and having family meetings. Our family would gather together, and they would say to Phil, you can't say this to Emmy every single hour. You're making her crazy. Mm -hmm. I was on the phone with the doctor saying, please, I am not supposed to be responsible for somebody else's life. This mm -hmm. is just not fair. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you feel like you're in quicksand, Oprah. You feel like you see yourself in quicksand, everyone else around you sees that you're in quicksand, and you're slowly going lower and lower, and you're like, um, hello? Yeah, yeah. What did you finally do to get help? What happened? Well, the very beginning, Phil actually did not want to go and get into therapy, and once we got to the point where we hijacked him and got him to the therapist's office, seriously, as an intervention. Mm -hmm. He went into the therapist's office, figured out that there was an issue of depression happening, and then that was one course. Then getting on meds was the next step. Then keeping him safe, but then obviously going into the two years of the depression, once he hit the lowest of the low and trying to take his life, that's when the system took effect, where all the doctors got involved and everyone kept him into a very lockdown situation, and he was not a threat to himself. He didn't have access to his meds. He didn't have access to sharp objects. He didn't have access to sheets, so on and so forth. And everything started to happen from there. And so you put him in lockdown? Yeah. Uh -huh. Had to put him into a psych unit. Uh -huh. I was and in a psych unit for two and a half months. And prior to that was my suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. And so, did you get some kind of a treatment called ECT or something? Yes. What is that? ECT is uh, electroconvulsive therapy. Yeah. And people think, oh, the shock treatments of yeah. the 30s and 40s. Yeah. So they get that bad we connotation. Nest. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yep. yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's what I thought. And mm -hmm. so even when I was in the psych ward, I spent two weeks on an aggressive program of medication. Yeah. And it wasn't working. And I was like, Emmy, you know what? Whatever they need to do, I just need oh. to get out of here and get better. Mm-hmm. So the ECT is a, they administer a, an electric charge, which creates a seizure in your brain. And it sends off serotonin 
and norepinephrine to stop the seizure because seizures are bad. You're completely under general anesthesia. Mm -hmm. And you don't feel anything. You don't feel anything. Feel You're on muscle relaxers. Uh -huh. sort. I want to look at this brain demonstration. I know we have that so we can try to, those of us who never experienced this, understand exactly what he's talking about here. Researchers have looked deep inside the brain to try and understand how depression works. Feelings of depression are caused by a chemical chain that affects how our brain functions. Levels of the chemicals serotonin and norepinephrine can become too low, affecting mood, feelings, and thinking. Antidepressants can help by raising these levels, bringing sufferers back to a more balanced state of mind. Yes, yeah, so that people understand that it is a chemical reaction going on in your brain. And so, if it is a chemical reaction going on in your brain, can you make yourself happy? Once you're a certain level of depressed, you can't make yourself just doing it yourself. Yeah. Medication can help you. Therapy can help you. Because what's important to understand is even though it's chemical, all emotions are transmitted via chemical. Yeah. That's how the brain talks to itself. So feelings are really chemical. And so talk therapies actually can change things, change chemicals in your brain. ECT, which is almost kind of like the seizure, kind of is like your computer rebooting your hard drive. Yes. And it's like starting over again. And that can change the chemicals, which can change your mood state, as medication can as well. Okay, so the, the, the question I'm asking, I guess, is whether or not you always have to have drugs. No. Whether drug therapy is always the answer. For mild to moderate depression, psychotherapy can be incredibly helpful. You don't necessarily need medication. But for moderate to severe depression, the fact is most people do need medication, but most studies show that it's a combination of medication plus psychotherapy that yeah. is really the most effective. Well, Emmy and Phil's book, they call it uh, Morning Has Broken. After the ECT therapy, is that when morning broke for you? Shortly after, yes. Mm -hmm. It broke after my younger brother had passed. He suffered from uh, brain cancer. Mm -hmm. And he promised me when he came to visit me at the psych ward, he says, Phil, life is for the living, and I love you, and I promise you're going to get better. And in fact, I did. When he died, that next morning I woke up, and it was the first time in two and a half years that I got out of bed and actually wanted to live. Yeah. I think about Gary and all of his children, because I'm, I get, the moment you told us that story, Gary, I thought about you telling your children, and I thought about your children feeling, weren't we enough? I swear that's exactly what went through my head, that if you're telling Everybody your children, guilt. your ch children yeah. would say, weren't we enough? Weren't we enough? Weren't we enough reason for her? For what they could have done. Yeah. Those questions were still come. Yeah. So it's interesting that Gary, when he was talking about his wife, Angela was saying, I forgive you. Wow. He said, I forgive you. Absolutely. Did that take you a while to get to that point? No, because I don't believe that was her. I believe she got to a, just a bad point, and it was a permanent solution to a temporary situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So when you hear these, these stories here, Lorraine, how far down he went, obviously how far it, it took Angela's life, you think what? I think that, I think I was lucky. Yes. Because I had these two lovely yeah. girls. Yeah, yes. You were holding on for them. That's right. Emmy and Phil's account of their journey through severe depression is called Morning Has Broken. We thank you both for being here. You cannot get help for your depression if you are ashamed to talk about it. And so I'm hoping that our guests today have helped 
remove the shame by sharing their own personal journeys through this disease. It's a disease in your brain. Thank you for thank letting you. your story bring light to others. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for allowing thank us you. to share. Yeah, thank you. And Dr. Gail Saltz, thank you. Bye, everybody. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.